Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back. For many of you, it's been a long weekend. For those of us here on The Ralph Report, it has as well. So happy to be back in your ears on this Tuesday, May 26th. I hope you had a good long weekend. Let's kick the week off, this short week, with a brand new Ralph Report. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. Please welcome Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo, ho, Eddie. How was your weekend, Edwin? It was, good. It was a little relaxing. We we uh, we sat around the house a lot, mostly. Oh, didn't do a whole so lot. So a big change. Big from change. The past two months. Huge change for me. Yeah, nothing, nothing. For we me tried really. to go for a hike and it it backfired. We tried uh, to go over to so. Mal- we tried to go over to Malibu to hike because we went last week. We went to the up up to Zuma Beach. I just saw to those get photos out. on social media. And it, it looked was lovely. It was nice. It was it was deserted. There was nobody there, and we just went to go see the sunset. And it was great. Like, oh, let's do that this more. Uh, let's do that on Sunday. And we went mm. on Sunday and. It was a line of cars. Yeah, it was, and we just turned around and left. It was like this too crowded. Memorial Day weekend is yeah uh, under the best of circumstances difficult, and I think everyone decided that there is no more virus this weekend, yes, and they just done. they just went nuts. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I don't want to be near any of this. <sighs> Tracy was disappointed. I was happy to go home. Yeah, were you all uh, gloved up and masked and up? We had and... our masks and the gloves and the sanitizer, but it good was just man, still. Not worth it. So you never got a chance to hike? No. We just drove down there and turned around. You should just hike back. around your apartment. Just walk in circles. <laughs> just <laughs> like go, to, a lunatic. go to the patio, come back to the dining room. Yeah. I had a bit of a blue weekend because this is the, you know, Carrie is out of the house now. Yeah. This is the first holiday I haven't been with my kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was really tough on me. Much tougher. Well, I was assuming it was going to be difficult, but it was much tougher than even I was anticipating. Oh, really? Frankly, yeah. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. I mean, I'll get used to it, and there will be a new normal. But it's uh, even the best of divorces, it's just it wreaks havoc on the family. It's complete. You know, you're completely disjointing the family at this point. It's yeah. very different. And the kids dealing with it great, and that's the most important part. You know, Livy loves uh, Carrie's new place, and uh, she loves living here, too. So she's happy going back and forth, but... For two days, I was on my own without my kid. That's got to be rough. It was got to be rough. Brutal. Oh, I can't imagine. I was I was a little blue this yeah. uh, this past oh, weekend. I'm sorry. That's I could have okay. come over. You should have called me. Well, you know what? Come over. I had my friends. Uh, Jack was oh, here. I've heard of him. Yeah, and he's uh, a good guy. I had a friend from uh, Russia. Yakov. Also stopped by. <laughs> Yakov Smirnov was here. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I probably uh, uh, drank more than I, oh. I would ordinarily do over the weekend, but it's fun drinking. <laughs> is it? You, it made it, is. you didn't make it sound fun. Well, no, the feelings weren't fun, but oh, the, the solution to the feelings was enormously fun. Oh, man. I finished, uh, I finished my uh, binge watch of Shit's Creek. I finally oh, got go. through all that. That's a good distraction. That was a major achievement in my life. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was my holiday weekend. I, too, did nothing but stay here at the house and... 
I got to say, I'm kind of looking forward to getting back to work. Yeah. And getting a new Ralph report up too. and running. So I am too. Today's show should be extra perky, boys and girls, because you are my therapy. Getting to chance, getting a chance to talk to you each and every day is uh, the highlight of my day. And before we get any further into the show, we got a, just a hell of a show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, of course, it's Tuesday. So that means TV Tunes Tuesday. We've got a great theme song suggested by a member of the Garmy today that we're going to take a listen to, and I'll tell you all about that. Really, like a classic. I can't believe we haven't done this one hmm. before. And now as the words are coming out of my mouth, I realize I should have checked to that see list done it to see if we have done it before. <laughs> but if we, if we did, too late, because it's in the hopper now, and it's it's uh, well, it's. I'm going to pull the trigger. we got new listeners. That's so. right. So for, for those of you, if it happens to be a repeat, well, enjoy it again. Suck it up. And the rest of you, uh, it'll be new for you. Uh, what else? Entertainment news, of course. We get your phone calls, of course. And we have a special visit from my pal Banks Lee, who is, of course, a reporter for Attractions Magazine. He is our expert for all things theme park. Yeah. And this weekend was a big weekend for the uh, the limited openings for some of the theme parks. And there are going to be more of them opening up in the beginning of June. Orlando's starting to open up, right? That, well, that's where he lives. Oh, that's, that's where he's based. Oh, wow. So he actually went to uh, Disney Springs there, the shopping yeah. area that's associated with uh, Walt Disney it's World. like downtown Disney here in Anaheim? Exactly. Okay. They were open this past weekend, so he was checking that out. Also, uh, Legoland and uh, some of the other ones have some uh, soft openings and then uh, coming up in June. So a uh, lot to talk about in terms of how these major corporations and theme parks are trying to do their best to mitigate the danger of having large groups of people convening mm. and again i hope it can be done like but I, i'm i'm dubious i am too i but i think the country's just at a point now where you they have to start doing it because such a section of the population is getting so restless and so angry like it almost has to be like open up and go if it backfires go look we told you so yeah people are going nuts this weekend i was just perusing the news all over the nation people were going nuts just losing their minds yeah. And so uh, I, I I thought we'd kick the show off with a, uh, a little recap of some of the weekend's stupidity. <laughs> America's just so dumb. <laughs> we are gloriously <laughs> dumb. Spectacularly dumb. I get that wanting to work and having to survive and pay for your stuff. I get that. But the, just the hanging out in a pool, I don't get. Those like take you can take that you can take a few months off of that. And the noisiest people aren't the ones demanding to go back to work. No, the noisiest people are the ones who want other people to go to work so that they can have the stuff that they yeah, want. Yeah, they go and back to the their normal life that they want to do exactly. So uh, you know, from time to time, we uh, do a little update about the coronavirus here on the show. We try to talk about stories that maybe you haven't heard already in the mainstream media, or perhaps a different take on it. It's a segment that, uh, due to a legal obligation now, we have to call Mo Grab Your Dog because uh, Mo's dog goes nuts whenever we play this particular jingle. Guess what, I don't know if you saw the uh, the brouhaha in Kentucky over the weekend. They got, they got a lot of problems in Kentucky. Do they? They're angry about a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, the, Kentucky is thinking about perhaps in, in, um, in enacting some, what some would say are common sense uh, gun control laws. Yeah. Uh, perhaps even repealing a recent law that got passed last year, which was that you can carry a concealed weapon in the state of Kentucky without needing a permit. 
hmm. which seemed dangerous to a lot of people. I don't understand that one. And they want some background checks for private yeah. uh, gun sales and things like Common that. Common sense stuff. Well, not for everyone. The uh, gun owners were out in force over this Memorial Day weekend uh, and did a wonderful thing, I thought, when they hung an effigy of their governor, Andy Bashir from a tree, which I thought was just lovely. They surrounded uh, the governor's mansion, about 100 people, all packing heat, uh, talking about how they need to be able to carry uh, a weapon that no one can see <laughs> without having a permit. That's important. Why do you not want to have a permit? I don't understand. Like, what's the point? What? Like, why is that such a holdup to fill out a piece of paper and get a permit? I don't know. It's, it seems like I, if someone's carrying a handgun that I can't see it, I would like someone to have checked out that person a little <laughs> right? bit before he's just uh, next to me in line at the Walmart. I don't get it. But the reason I bring it up is because, of course, they had to roll in the uh, the tyranny that is asking people to wear masks and to uh, stay at home. Right. You know, it's just it's against God's will. <laughs> According to one pastor, <laughs> Cliff Christman, I kid you not, that's his name, spelt Cliff Christman, of course. Of course he uh, He's a pastor, and he gave a big speech uh -huh. there outside the governor's mansion about the virus. And I just wanted to quote it to you because I thought it was magical. Please. Here we go. I'll do, I'll do the voice. Okay. okay. Thanks. This has been one of the biggest shams in world history. Grown men have been hiding in homes, nearly wetting their pants over this invisible enemy that nobody sees. Where is it at? Let it come out and face us. He oh said. Oh my God. He's just upset it's not a brown man that he can point a finger at. I just, or anything he can see, he seems to have a hard time grasping the fact that a virus is not visible to the <laughs> naked eye. And he, if he can't see it, he can't believe it, I guess is what he said. Get him a microscope. Which I would say for a man who talks about God. <laughs> right? Maybe if I can't see it, it's not real, isn't necessarily the logic that yeah. he wants to go with. Just go, with. Uh, Pastor Christman, just have faith that there's a virus. That's what I would tell the good pastor. Uh, then in Seattle, this is really <clears throat> disturbing to me. There is a man who is running around Seattle attacking Asian Americans. Mm. He is, uh, so far, three different incidents. Same guy has uh, slapped, shoved, and spit on Asian Americans. <sighs> uh, one couple was attacked recently. They've got some security camera footage of that. Police are looking for the help of citizens to try to track this guy down. Uh, in another incident, the same guy approached an Asian woman who was inside her car, began pounding on her window, asking, where are you from? Where's your ID? Oh, my God. Then he was taking pictures of her car and license plate, yelling, Chinese disease, they bring it here. God damn it. So he's attacking Asians, uh, blaming them for the virus. He's going to attack the wrong Asian one time. Yeah. Well, this one guy who uh, he was with his girlfriend, it appeared to be, um, had a big, heavy, uh, what it seemed to be a book bag or something yeah. in his hand, and he started swinging Good. at the dude. And I was kind of hoping he would connect more than he did. Clock that guy. Um, it's just that the racism against Asian Americans has been rampant since this thing got uh, going, and it's the most disturbing part to me that Americans are attacking other Americans simply based on their looks. It's because it is an invisible disease or virus and they need something to blame because they're that their IQ is that low that at least in nine 11, we at least had terrorists. We could point at and go, that's the enemy. We can't do that now. Yeah. So low IQ racists have to go, uh, Asians are the enemy. Yeah. Cause so, they're morons. I don't have to say it to the Garmy cause those you're, you're, 
those my people are not like those people. But let's try to be extra kind to each other in this situation. I understand that tensions are running high, but still. Which brings me to uh, Natasha Chen, who is a CNN reporter. She mm-hmm. was doing a story from the beach because the beaches were packed this yeah. weekend. Yeah, can attest to that. Uh, as Eddie mentioned, all over America. And uh, Natasha Chen was doing a story for CNN. She was interviewing beachgoers, asking if they were adhering to what every state is asking them to do, which is if you go to the beach, you can use the water and everything, but don't hang out close to each other, yeah. wear masks, all that kind of stuff. Nobody was, by the of course way, not. Uh, while she was doing her story. But I thought it was particularly disturbing that she, too, was attacked. Her name is Natasha Chen. As you can imagine, she is of Chinese descent. Born in San Francisco, by the way, went to USC yes. for broadcast journalism. I mean, as American as anyone else. As by the person yelling at her. Yeah, but uh, she was reporting the story, and I watched this report, and it disturbed me so much. I want to play a little bit of uh, Natasha Chen's report. Within the last hour, you know, there was a person who was not happy with what we were covering. Uh, We've been mostly talking to people who've all been really nice, by the way, talking to us about how they're social distancing, what they're seeing with the crowds on the beach. Uh, But this person didn't like it. And um, in addition to shouting at us, um, you know, while I had a mask on, he said to me uh, to get out of his country Mm. with an expletive and that I was the reason that I was responsible for this, uh, referring to my ethnicity. Wow. So there you go. Natasha Chen from CNN brought the disease to the country, oh, apparently. Oh, Jesus Christ. For bonus points, Eddie Pence, any guess as to what beach she was reporting from uh, this weekend when this incident <laughs> happened? Any guess at all? I don't take any responsibility for I'm these I'm just people. saying... Any guess what beach Virginia was? Beach? Nope. Myrtle Beach. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. Yeah, it had to be one of those standing two. Standing there right in front of uh, Myrtle Beach. Had to be one of those two. I was desperately uh, scanning the uh, the screen <laughs> as I watched her her report looking for some uh, airbrush t-shirts. Oh, I'm sure there was. But I couldn't. They I just flipped the camera around. There would have been one. I couldn't see any. So uh, America is so good at being angry. We are the angriest country in the world. So that's this weekend in uh, America, a, a holiday which should be focused on those brave Americans who paid, as they always say, the ultimate yes. price for freedom, defending our country, lost their lives uh uh, it's it's insane to me. I don't mean to get on the soapbox here, but those people, those families of those people, you talk about putting yourself in harm's way to protect others. Mm-hmm. And the people who are out there doing this stuff are putting other people in harm's way yeah. to not even protect themselves, but to simply have the right to do whatever the hell they please it's a complete lack of empathy and respect and caring about not only your fellow man look if you want to be xenophobic or you want to say america first or whatever fine then america first how about the other people who live in the country where this we can only get a handle on this if everyone tries to do their best and work together i don't understand how you can sit there and chant america first but at the same time not sort of try to take care of your fellow American yeah. at the same time. It's it's a mind fuck for sure. So uh, that's that's that was the takeaway for me from the Memorial Day weekend. As I looked through the news and as I read the news and watched the news, I was like, this is a disgrace yeah. 
to this country right now of all weekends that this is how people are behaving. Yeah, they're not even making you stay home. They're just saying, hey, when you go out, stay six feet apart and wear a mask. Yeah. It's not. It's just insane. So, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't mean to get super serious, but it just it really bothered me, especially the violence towards Asian Americans and uh, the complete disrespect that people are having for each other. It's it's not that much to ask, especially in the light of what this holiday celebrates that the least we can do is to, to for a minor inconvenience to stay six feet away from someone else and to put a mask on. It doesn't seem like a big ask, yeah. in my opinion. Mm. So there you go. That's my take. And that is today's Mo Grab Your Dog. <laughs> All right, the rest of the show is going to be all goofy bullshit, I promise, but I just had to get that off my chest. Once in a while here on the show, we try to uh, put a little perspective in people's ears and uh, perhaps, I don't know, we're not changing anybody's minds because, like I said, the Garmy, the, these are all good people and uh, they're not doing this kind of stuff, but maybe they can influence someone yeah. else. Or if you see someone attacking some, an Asian American, you just kick them in the balls. Yeah, just kick them right in the ball That's sack. right. All right, let's talk to those lovely people known as the Garmy. I love it when you guys reach out to us. There's so many ways you can do it via email or on social media, or as many of you choose to do, you can leave a voicemail message for me. 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the Ralph Report hotline. Just got to dial up that phone number, one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. Love it when you leave those messages. I listen to them all, then we play them back here in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Hey, remember Dan? Dan was the guy who called in, who was busting my balls for mispronouncing nuclear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dan called in to uh, give me a passing grade oh. for my usage of that word and the way I pronounce Good. it. He did me a favor. He pointed something out, and I've worked hard to not <laughs> be uh, be a problem for him when it hits his ears wrong. And apparently, <laughs> so kind of you. I have succeeded. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. Dan here from Thousand Oaks. Hey, just... Uh calling in to congratulate you, Ralph, on how well you're doing with the nuclear pronunciation. Thank you. You're killing it, dude. Thanks. When I hear it, I smile. It makes me feel great Good. that you're continuing your your nuclear education. Thank it's awesome. You. Thank you. Also, um, this is playing on Tuesday. It's my birthday, May 26th. I'm not going to ask you to sing happy birthday. Good. But <laughs> if you could drop a back the fuck off, Dan. That would be awesome. I'd really appreciate it. LMB, love you guys. With great pleasure, Dan. I can play this to celebrate your birthday. Back the fuck off, Dan! <laughs> it holds true now. Oh. As it did then. <laughs> Professor Pringles Can called in. Oh, yes. Professor Pringles Can, uh, for those who are new to the show, is a longtime listener of the Ralph Report, but also a longtime listener of the other show I do with my pal Kevin Smith called Hollywood Babylon, and we saw him at a live show. He was in the audience, and we were talking to uh, him and his then-girlfriend, and she was trying to explain to us why they don't do uh, butt stuff mm -hmm. in their sex life mm -hmm. because of the massive size of his penis. Yes. And we asked her, well, roughly give us an idea what we're talking about. And she said he's pr pretty much, he looks reminiscent of a Pringles can. 
So we can Damn. understand why she doesn't uh, <laughs> engage in that stuff. Anyway, Professor Pringerskan has a new girlfriend, and he called in because they have a bit of a dispute. Hey, Ralph. Professor Pringerskan here. Yo-ho, Eddie. I need a – that's my opinion. I need a definitive ruling from uh, the Ralph Report. Thunderball by Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. Good song, bad song, good Bond theme. Because I was, uh, I just showed it to my girlfriend, and she doesn't get it. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Would you mind weighing in, buddy? Thanks. Well, first of all, I hate to put anything more on the plate of your now girlfriend. She's got enough to deal yeah, with. Yeah, apparently. So thoughts and prayers to your new girlfriend <laughs> for what she's having to put up with. A lot of foreplay. With. Yeah. A lot of foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> However, I must say, Thunderball, hell yes. One of the great Bond themes. First of all, Tom Jones. Well, Tom Jones right there. Can yeah. do no wrong. It's pretty hard for him, too. In the eyes of this particular <laughs> podcast host. And I know why Professor Pringlescan likes Tom Jones. Oh. Because Tom Jones also legendarily. They're in the club. Has. <laughs> the Big Dick Club. <laughs> has a fire hydrant hanging between his legs. <laughs> I told this story before, and but I'm not telling tales out of school because she'll, she'll tell you. But um, Elvira, yeah, Cassandra Peterson, oh, I remember you telling me this. lost her virginity to Tom Jones yeah. and had to go to the hospital, yeah, because there was there was the ripping and the tearing. Welcome to the world of sex. Yes, Jesus. that's a bad way Mm-mm. to be introduced to uh, sex. So yes, Tom Jones, yes, Thunderball, yes. Besides being a great theme song, Thunderball, one of my favorite Bond films. Maybe my second one after Goldfinger. But the brass, the way they work in the theme, and then the voice of Tom Jones. Come on, Mrs. Pringles can. It sounds like a bond. It just sounds like a bond. So much. Now, admittedly, I have no idea what a thunderball is. I don't think it's a real thing. (laughs) Although I've been called thunderballs at certain (laughs) points in my life. Well, maybe a guy with one ball is a thunderball. (laughs) Maybe. So, admittedly, it's a confusing title slash theme song. However, oh, man, that just screams James Bond to me. So, uh... Sorry, Mrs. Sprinklecan, you are <laughs> you are incorrect, and the professor is correct. Ian called in with a "Where did it come from?" I thought this was pretty interesting. Hey there, Ralph. Yo, Eddie. This is Ian, uh, two-star general from Buena Park. So I have a little question for uh, where does it come from? Um, you always hear somebody say when you know they do something or when they win something, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I kind of wanted to know where that came from because personally, I would like a steak dinner. Um, but yeah, um, thank you for keeping to make us uh, keeping on making this last. So, uh, love you, mean it. Bye. You're welcome. And winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, I've where, used it myself. I have too. Where the <laughs> hell's it come from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Oh, no, fucking no. Ah! 
You ever see that awful movie 21 with Kevin Spacey? Yes. About the ca- the card counters in yes. Vegas? Yes. And that 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 phrase is dropped about 400 yeah. times in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Winner winner chicken dinner. Where did that come from? Well, it turns out that it dates back to the depression here in America hmm. where there used to be back alley craps games. Okay. And often guys who were down on their luck and out of work would gamble in these back alleys. And when someone would win a significant amount of money, they would be thrilled because they would be able to actually put food on the table. And so a recurring phrase heard in those back alleys during the 1930s in America was winner, winner, chicken dinner. That caught on amongst the gambling set. And then it moved to Vegas. And then uh, dealers, craps dealers, and also car dealers uh, adopted it and started using it regularly in Vegas Hmm. in the 1940s. So that's originally where it came from. Guys shooting dice in alleys uh, during the Depression, thrilled that they finally had enough money to buy a meal. It really didn't change over time. No. You win, you you go buy food. Go eat something, which is the beauty of gambling, because you (laughs) always win and you can always get a chicken dinner. Anyway, Ian, thanks so much for asking. That's where it came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking will know. I taught Olivia blackjack last week. Oh, you did? Yeah, we were playing Go Fish. And it's a lovely game. Go Fish is right. fine. But after the, I don't know, ninth round, I was like, let's play a different game. <laughs> She's like, okay, what do you want to play? like it? I said, how about a game? I'm going to teach you a game called Blackjack or 21. And I realized it was very educational because she had to count her cards up yeah. quickly and figure out how many she had. And there's strategy involved. And, and she and... grasped the tr- the strategy and she was knowing when to hold and when when to hit. And I couldn't have been prouder. Oh, that's awesome. I felt like I taught Good her a, an important life lesson. <laughs> now we just got to get her to Vegas. I think so. the single dad thing is going to work out just uh, I think so, too. I'm going to <laughs> teach her how to roll a joint and how to play blackjack and how to mix the perfect cocktail. She's going to be prepared for life. <laughs> Um, Eric from Clearwater, Florida is one of my favorites. Mm. He calls in regularly. Eric is a, uh, a, a dealer, not a dealer. So, <laughs> he is the weed store guy. He's right? the weed yeah. store guy. I was going to say he's a pot dealer, but he's not a dealer. He's like, oh, you know, he's not selling legit job. He's not selling joints behind no, the Seven Eleven. Legit there. man. Right. He works at a dispensary and he's a, he's behind the counter there. Yeah. It's a legit job. And I believe Eric likes to sample the wares of his store. Any good dealer would. <laughs> he called in last week with a where did it come from? And we made a little joke saying, do you get the sense that Eric is always asking where did it come from? Because he just goes into the, just goes, drops into a pothole and just wonders why everything is everything. And it turns out good old Eric's got a great sense of humor. I really tickled him that we were saying that about him. <laughs> I love you, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie so much. <laughs> you guys got me pegged pretty good. I just got this Eric from Clearwater. <laughs> yeah, we know. I gotta say, man, it's a wondrous world out there, and I'm a very curious boy. But <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Y'all blew me up. Um, Shit, now I wish there's a way I could delete this. <laughs> yeah, sure there is. I wish there was a way to delete this. Yeah. Oh, it's a wondrous world out there, and I'm a very curious oh, boy. Oh, God. Eric's the best. Oh. Speaking of, by the way, as an aside. I wish there was a way to delete this. We met Anthony. We did. 
on Saturday's virtual cocktail party. He did not disappoint. Anthony showed up, and I got to tell you, it was a magical, magical <laughs> moment. So, Anthony, thanks again for stopping by. Um, and uh, I, I'm remiss for not mentioning it. We had an amazing time on Saturday, another great virtual cocktail party. Thanks to everybody who came out. It was just a blast, and uh, I hope you guys had, had as much fun as we did. Uh, speaking of that party... Steve Ashton was in rare form, <laughs> showed up as she's moved. All hell, she's moved. It is right to give him thanks and praise. She's moved, showed up on the live stream, could not have been more thrilled. He's a little chap-assed, and he's got a Cockney accent, which surprised a lot of us. <laughs> but Steve was uh, just a joy to behold and actually broke out the guitar and uh, sang a little bit he for did. us. He, he was did. hesitant at first. Yeah, well, like he said, he needs to read the music, yeah. and so he didn't have any music up. But we're going to try to impose upon him to do that again um, this weekend for the virtual uh, cocktail party. And he was playing John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads, mm -hmm. I think is what he was singing. And I got to tell you, Rich was really impressed. <laughs> hey, Ralph. This is uh, Rich, four-star from Boston. I couldn't get enough of Steve's serenading. And I know we can't get Steve for karaoke. Can we get Country Roads at Yoki, actually? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? Uh, for those who are new to the show, Eddie Pence has a beautiful singing voice. Like an angel. We've often said that he's wasting his talents in comedy because he really <laughs> should be performing on stage as a singer. So from time to time, people make requests. We have Eddie sing a song for us. First of all, Country Roads mentions... Virginia. It's West, West, Virginia, West Virginia, but still. My parents are from there. There you go. Eddie has a, a soft spot for the state of West Virginia. This is the perfect song for Eddie to sing <laughs> in Eddie Yoki. So it's time for another round of Eddie Yoki. It's time for Eddie Yoki. Eddie Yoki. Sing it. Eddie Yoki. So here's how it works. I print out the lyric sheet for Eddie Pence. I've got one right here for him. This is the first time Eddie is hearing this. We're going in just uh, blind. Are you familiar with the song? I am. I grew up listening to this song. Beautiful. Yeah. I will cue you, as always, when to begin. And then, of course, you're on your own. <laughs> and we're all going to enjoy it. Here it is. Uh, the legendary song by John Denver. Take Me Home, Country Roads, as performed by Eddie Pence. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is old there, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads, take me home. To the place I belong, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, country roads. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. I that. I rolled a tear. It's magic. Yeah, I felt like I was walking through the Appalachians. <laughs> and John Denver, I think, rolled over. <laughs> I think he did. So. In his Cessna underwater <laughs> there. Where I think that's how he went. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who called in, especially for that request. <laughs> 
you're aware that songs have something called meter, right? Like there's a rhythm to no, the... I, the I have no inherent rhythm. Hmm. It's comedy. I have timing. Yes, but in music, do. I have no rhythm. Yeah, that's why you're not a drummer. Ugh. That's why we can't bring you into the drummer that's club. That's true. Sorry. Thanks to everybody who called in. You too can be featured on this segment. But you know what you got to do? You got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time for us to take a look in the rearview mirror and find out what happened on May 26th, this day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery. Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine? Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen? Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary. The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp, so grant our wishes, please. And tell us what went down this day in history. On this day, May 26th, in the year 16... 47. Alcee Young became the very first person in the American colonies who was executed for being a witch. Wow. Yeah, she was the first. Wow. She was hanged in Hartford, Connecticut. Connecticut. Connecticut <laughs> for being a witch. And wow. um, thank God. You know, they did us a big favor. They killed all the witches, yeah. and, and there aren't really any witches anymore. They're all gone now. Anymore, so. They're all gone now. Good on you, America. Yeah. Even back then, you were stupid as fuck. <laughs> we haven't grown much. Not really. It's just interchanging names. Yeah. From, from It went from witches, now it's libtards. It's always just somebody with a name just yelling at somebody yeah. else. Like I said, we love being angry. We sure do. Uh, on this day in 1857, U.S. slave Dred Scott and his family was freed by his owner, Henry Taylor Blow, even though three months prior, the U.S. courts had ruled against Dred Scott in the famous Dred Scott versus Sanford case. Uh, if you remember this from history, this was the African-American man who sued for his freedom. Mm -hmm. And the case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And in a 7-2 to two decision, they said, no, you can't really be free because you're from African ancestry, and so you can't be a citizen of the United States. You don't get the rights that a, a, a regular American would just, get. That line of thinking makes no sense to me at all. More importantly, they said that if they ruled in favor of Dred Scott, that would improperly deprive Henry Taylor Blow of his uh, legal property. It's his, his property. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Chills just Jesus. saying those words. But <sighs> uh, he was freed by his owner. And then about a year later, he died of tuberculosis. So Ugh. the best years of his life were spent as a slave. Unreal. That's all you need to know. On this day in 1896, the last czar of Russia, Nicholas II, was crowned. Nicholas. If you don't count Putin, I guess. <laughs> Next to last Next to czar last. of Russia. In 1913, Eddie Pence, you'll appreciate this. I will. The Actors' Equity Association was formed in New York City, oh. the very first actors' union okay. in 1913. Equity, of course, is the union for stage, stage acting. Yes. 
And then uh, for those of us who dabble in film and television, we got SAG. We well, used to have SAG, and then, and then they've combined. Now SAG after the a one, one. The one. Yes. True. The one true. <laughs> one true union. Yeah. 1927, Henry Ford and the Ford Motor Company produced the last of the Model T. It was the 15th million Model T Ford that rolled off the conveyor belt. Damn. I didn't know there was that many. Also known as the Tin Lizzie. Hmm. Why was it called Tin Lizzie? It's a long story, but there was a guy who had a old beat up Model T who entered a car rally race. Yeah. And his car, he had nicknamed it Lizzie. And everyone laughed at him and said it looked like an old beat up tin can. So all the other competitors started mocking him, calling it Tin Lizzie. Hmm. And then he won the race. Oh. Proving the durability of the Ford. And so um, it got reported in the news, and everyone just started calling the Model Ts the, uh, the hmm. Tin Lizzie after that. So, In 1930, the Supreme Court ruled that buying liquor does not violate the Constitution. <laughs> Yay! Yay for me this weekend, or else I'd be breaking all kinds of constitutional laws oh, if that was the case. In 1941, the home of Betsy Ross, where the American flag was sewn, was given to the city in which it was held. It was given as a gift to the government and it became a uh, piece of public landmark right there. Mm-hmm. What? You sound uh, I just, you sound I just, dubious. I, I, I can see where we're going. I don't think you can. I can tell where we're going. Betsy Ross's home uh-huh. became a property right. of the yeah, city in which right. the home was... Was, I know. was in. I know. And so I they see, were able to take it I can and see open down it up the road. to the public. I, and I, they said, oh, by the way, oh, you might be interested to know, this is right. where the, uh-huh. the flag was sewn by seamstress gotcha. Bet- Betsy Ross right. at the behest of uh, George Washington. I, I can see where we're going. I don't think. I, I know. I can see it right in front anywhere. of me. We're not going anywhere. I'm just telling you a little right. story about American history okay. on this day in sure. 1941. Okay. I Jeez, right. crackers. My bad. Although... What city do you think that house is in? Betsy Ross, uh, Betsy Ross's home is within oh. the city limits of what major metropolitan uh, city on the eastern seaboard there? Uh, home of uh, history and freedom. Home of, okay. Just wondered if you know what city, if you took a guess, if you wanted to guess what city. It's named after a cream cheese. No, it's not. I believe the cream cheese may be named after the cream city. Cream cheese is better than the city. But I'm just, what city? I Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. I'm just saying you're welcome for, for the what? Flag. For the flag. Your greatest sports hero is a fictional character. We gave you the flag. <laughs> I think after this particular weekend, where we pay tribute to our fallen comrades in arms, maybe a little respect should be given to the city that gave you the flag. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. On this day in 1975. Speaking of music. A single was released by Glenn Campbell that became his signature song and later went on to, to win the award of Billboard Song of the Year in 1975. It was, when I was a kid, one of my favorite songs ever. I had it on 45 and I just played it over and over and over again. Like a rhinestone cowboy.
what led into your cowboy phase? Uh, no, no, oh, okay. that came along longer. That was uh, that was Urban Cowboy. Urban the success Cowboy. Success of that it. film and that soundtrack. Not Rhinestone. Of, not Rhinestone. No, I just I liked it though because it's uh, songs about a guy who's trying to make it in show business right. and he's pounding. I've been walking these streets so long, singing the same old song. I know every crack in these dirty sidewalks of Broadway. And, and little Ralph was like, that's going to be me it's someday. Me. Someday I'm going to be like a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> Never was. Uh, on this day in 1978, the first legal gambling casino in Atlantic City was opened. Oh, resort shithole that place. Resorts <laughs> International. Jesus. Ah, a palace. A oh. palace of Fine God. dining and, and gaming. Oh, that place is awful. Oh, I spent my bachelor party there. You no, know you didn't. I did. At resorts? Yes. Boy. No, not at resorts. In, in oh, Lake City. City. Yeah. Lake City. The city itself is, just is a awful. dump. And every every casino in it is just as bad just as the city. A nightmare. Yeah. And if you walk off the boardwalk at night you're after dead. going to a casino, you will be rolled. <laughs> you're it's just, dead. You're a dead person. A, it's the only sure thing <laughs> in Atlantic City is yeah. if you if you venture off the boardwalk where the casinos yeah. are, down into the street, someone will come out from under the boardwalk and take your money. Yeah. Maybe your life. Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. I actually gambled at resorts. Oh, you did? When it opened. They were very <laughs> lax about <laughs> letting... How old were you? 13. Oh, my God. 14, something like really? that. Really? Yep. Just, oh, my God. I was pulling slot machine hands next to my dad, just going nuts. Wow. No one said a word. Yeah. Lang City's the first place I gambled. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's the Wild West. Oh, my God. It's awful. Even though it's the East. All right. In 1993, the uh, 20th Daytime Emmy Awards were given out, and Susan Lucci lost for her 14th consecutive time. Oof. She became more famous for losing Emmys than she yeah. ever would have if she had won any. In 1998, the United States Supreme Court ruled that Ellis Island, the historic gateway, of course, for millions of immigrants, is mainly in the state of New Jersey, not New York at all. Okay. Well, I'm glad these are the important questions that the Supreme Court are yeah. putting their collective minds well, to. Well, they can do that and then push the important stuff away, yes. act like they're doing something. I suppose. In 2002, on this day, March 26th, the Mars Odyssey found signs of large ice deposits on the planet Mars. Oh. They have ice on Mars. It means water, means aliens. And it also means hockey. <laughs> The NHL should put a team up there as they soon as possible. They should shoot that Philadelphia Flyer mascot up to Mars. How? He'd fit in there. Dare you Fucking attack crackhead. Gritty. Gritty's a crackhead. Gritty is oh. the most beloved mascot in America, oh. uh, you know. He just, took, he, he just recently won number one. Yeah, he took over the Fanatic. Yes. And the Fanatic's going to take a crowbar to his knees <laughs> in true Philadelphia style. <laughs> At this point in the oh. show, I like to talk about food-related days in history, and then we run it past Eddie Pence. He's got a very particular taste when it comes mm. to what he will eat or won't eat. And then we also ask, maybe he'll stick it up his ass or pull it out. <clears throat> but there's only one way for us to find out. We talk about the food, then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Speaking of slot machines, just like the one I was playing when I was 13 years old <laughs> 13 in Atlantic City. slot machines. <laughs> Uh, no wonder I'm just a degenerate gambler <laughs> oh my amongst God. my other problems. That's crazy. Um, we pull a handle, and if it comes up jackpot, if three of the food items come up on the reels, that means Eddie would, in fact, eat it, and there's much rejoicing. Or, much like when I was 13, those uh, reels will not match up, and you'll just be sad. <laughs> Although I did hit a couple times, but my dad <laughs> would take oh, them of course. Up. He would scoop it out of the... Uh, 
out of the bin there. It was still like back in the day when you had silver dollars oh, dropping out and everything. Man. And I was almost nervous to win because that's when all the attention that's when the attention comes, comes yeah. to you. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Here's <laughs> here's the day in history. On this day in 1967, EMI released an album a few days early in the UK before we'd reached the United States. It would go on to become one of the most lauded albums in rock and roll history. It hit number one there in the UK and stayed there for a record 22 weeks in the UK. It was number one in the US for 15 weeks. I suppose you could hazard a guess if it's 1967, it might be this album. That was the introduction of the first theme albums, mm. an album that was uh, more than just a collection of songs that actually had a theme behind it. It was Paul McCartney's idea to create the fictional band of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band to say, let's stop being the Beatles for a minute. There's too much baggage with that band. Let's pretend we're a whole different band and come up with a whole different mm. group of songs. And that's where that story comes from. Paul McCartney, of course, one of the last remaining Beatles is a legendary vegetarian, Eddie Penn. Did you know, know that? that. I didn't yes, know that. he's a big, big uh, vegetarian advocate. Also an advocate for uh, not eating meat for um, cruelty reasons. He's a member of okay. PETA, and he also sells that. So much so that, you know, uh, he launched a song called Meat Free Monday. No. To try to get people on board with the idea of if we just stop eating meat one day a week, it would make an important difference okay. in the uh, in the climate as well as in your own personal health. Yeah. So he released this song, Meat Free Monday, which shows you that he may have lost a step or two since the days <laughs> of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. If you've never heard it, buckle up. Here's Paul McCartney's Meat Free Monday. Meat Free Monday It's a fun day And it's happening All around the world Calamity. Think of greenhouse gases, melting polar ice, ocean levels rising. Better not think twice. Meat free Monday. It's a fun day, and it's happening all around the world. It's Meat Free Monday. Wow. It's a song my son would make up. It's a fun day, Eddie. Oh, all around the world. Oh, my God. It's a gosh. fun day. Paul McCartney, what happened? It's catchy. <laughs> so today's food is related to Paul McCartney. His uh, late wife, Linda McCartney, was actually the person who turned him on to uh, being a vegetarian. And the estate still has a very successful line of vegetarian cuisine that you can buy in the grocery stores. Okay. Um, Paul McCartney's favorite, this is the one he lives on, he says he eats these all the time, are the Linda McCartney mozzarella burgers. They are seasoned vegetarian burgers made with rehydrated textured soy protein, onions, and mozzarella cheese formed into a burger and then grilled and served up on a, uh, a, a cruelty-free bun, of course. <laughs> mozzarella burgers. Mozzarella burgers 
Is that something Eddie Pence would eat or not? There's only one way for us to find I, out. Uh, I, what? So you're, you're does it taste torn. like mozzarella or does it taste like a burger? I believe it is a meat substitute oh. burger that tastes similar, I would guess, to the ones that we did on Munch and Monday okay. when we tried the mm. impossible versus the, the beyond. So it is. Uh, those are the ingredients. Right. Eddie Pence, let's find out. One burger, two burger, three burger. Eddie Pence did a mozzarella burger. Oh, Eddie Pence is celebrating Meat-Free Monday. I mean, I've had the meatless burgers before. Yeah. So, but we did the, we did the, uh, you, you broke down the, the health value of them, and they're not that much more healthy. No, for they're you not, but than, they're not meat. But it's not meat, it's so not meat. it's better for the environment, I yes, suppose. because of all the methane gas and all the, uh, right. the but, waste the yeah. stuff, you know. But health-wise, it's not really, it's negligible. But Paul McCartney eats it. Well, that's true. And that's all you need it's to know. Fun it's good day. enough for a beetle, it's good enough for you. It makes it a fun day. And if you do it on a Monday, it becomes <laughs> a fun day. And that's it for today's This Day in History. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity I hope Cooperman loves my beats, cause that rhymes with LMB And that's a rap for the Ralph Report today in history 15 cents a day, y'all Alrighty, now it's time for all the entertainment news in a segment I call the show Biz Beat Porn legend Ron Jeremy is the subject of new sexual assault allegations really? here in Los Angeles. Yeah, he's facing new allegations of sexual assault. This is not the first time, nor, frankly, do I believe it's going to be the last time this has come up for Ron Jeremy. Uh, they're not saying any specific information, but the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office has announced sexual assault allegations against Ron Jeremy are under review by our office. No filing decision has been made, so we don't know if he'll be charged or not. But this is one in a, uh, well... A disturbingly long line of accusations from women. Back in 2018, there was an alleged groping incident in the bathroom of the uh, Rainbow Bar and Grill, where he hangs out quite a bit. Several women, even women in the adult film industry, have accused him of unnecessary and unwanted groping. Uh, Janice Griffith is one. She said he's banned from almost all adult industry events for groping people without consent. Mm. And I'll have you know, I dated uh, Ginger Lynn for a couple years. Ginger and I dated. Yeah. And she was, um, and I believe her, she she told me that she was sexually assaulted by uh, oh, really? Jeremy. Yeah. So this is not uh, uncommon to hear these kind of things. And, of course, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see what the L.A. District Attorney will do, whether filing charges mm. or not are involved. He doesn't, he seems... He's a weird dude. Yes. I've done stand-up comedy with him before. Oh, really? And he's a very weird dude. And he's um, gross. He's Yeah, he's extremely gross. Very gross and also very inappropriate and very creepy. Yeah, wears Crocs and sweatpants around town. Yeah. Loaded. He's loaded. He owns property all over the oh, city. Oh, yeah. He's, he's loaded, but he drives a beat-up old car. Probably got the first nickel he ever made yeah. for a money shot. <laughs> Uh, but he's uh, he's not uh, he's not a good guy. Yeah, I don't I don't know him personally other than working with him a couple times. So we'll have to wait and see. Speaking of creepy, Elon Musk is in the news. He and his girlfriend singer Grimes, you know, they famously named their baby X Ash A Dash Twelve mm -hmm. Musk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fucking people. <laughs> 
Why'd they give him the last name? Just keep up with the numbers right, and the just, letters. Just stamp his head with a barcode and be done with it. Why even give him a name? Just scan him. Just have people scan T him. THX1138. That's go right. ahead. Yes. Well, it turns out they couldn't name him that because California has a law that all birth names must be limited to, oh, I don't know, the fucking alphabet. So you can't put 12 in his name. So they had to change his name to X... Ash, which is the A and E letters slammed together. <sighs> That's pronounced Ash, apparently. A, a X Ash A dash X I I, which are the Roman numerals for twelve. So they got the twelve Jesus in there. Christ. But now he's uh, he's going to be known as X Ash A dash. They're just going to call him Ash. Of course they will. Here's what uh, here are the symbols. Here's what they mean. By the way, mm -hmm. X stands for the unknown variable. So they don't know who who he's going to be, but they're expecting big things out of this kid. Great. Ash is the symbol for AI, artificial intelligence. And you know uh, Musk is so he's a cyborg. That he is a cyborg. <laughs> and the A-12 is the, according to Grimes, the baby's mother, is the precursor to the SR-17, which is their favorite aircraft. Fucking so A. that's why he got stuck with that. He could have done so much moniker. good for the world. And he's, he's losing a, his mind. He's a dick. And 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 crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But he could have done so much good for the world. And he just fucking... Yeah. Paul Fig is in the news. You know Paul at all? I don't know personally, no. no. He's uh, still complaining about the female Ghostbusters, about how everyone was unfair to the female <laughs> Ghostbusters. It just wasn't a good movie, man. Oh, no, Eddie Pence. <sighs> the female-led Ghostbusters remake, the backlash had to do with... The fact that everyone was associating the film with Hillary Clinton. What? Yes. He said it was 2016. I'll read you the, I'll read you the quote. Uh, in 2016, we were intertwined with Hillary Clinton and the anti-Hillary movement. No, they weren't. Everyone was at a boiling point. Oh, my God. They were ready to explode. People got nuts about women trying to be empowered or being in positions they weren't normally in. And it was an ugly, ugly year. So he says if it wasn't for the backlash against Hillary Clinton, everyone would have recognized what a classic... No the female Ghostbusters movie I don't care was. if they had penises or not. It had nothing to do with it. Yeah, Paul needs to, to finally bad movie. own up to the fact it was not very good. No. And that's why it wasn't a hit. Had they, had, we can blame a lot of things on the 2016 election. <laughs> this movie sucking is not one of those Like things. It would have been a better movie had they already, I don't care if they're female, but have the original Ghostbusters handed off to female Ghostbusters and have them carried on instead of doing a whole reboot where we have to watch them for half the movie become Ghostbusters. Yeah. Just Hand it off. Yeah, we uh, we're gonna see that film. Yeah, right? now we are. But like, it's just like it's not. It was a bad film. Yeah, it was not funny. And speaking of good films, Mark Hamill over the weekend. Did you see this tweet? You probably know this story, but a lot of people were surprised by this. Which fact. one? Mark Hamill was tweeting over the weekend celebrating the uh, anniversary of Empire Strikes oh, yeah. Back. We talked about yeah, that yeah. last week, and he was saying how only he and George Lucas and the director Irvin Kershner knew the truth about that yeah. scene where that big. Big reveal happens. Yeah. Spoilers. If you haven't seen a movie from 1980, <laughs> we find out, of course, famously that uh, Darth Vader is Luke's dad. Right. But on the set... Well, in the script, it was Obi-Wan. Yes. Yeah. And on the set, that was the line that David yeah. Prowse read from inside the costume, yeah. was Obi-Wan killed your father. But Irvin Kirshner and Lucas had pulled uh, Skywalker, Mark Hamill, Hamill aside, <laughs> and told him what it was going to be dubbed into later by George uh, James Earl Jones. Right, and so his reaction was to 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 what it was going to be, not necessarily what it right. was. And he said, for a year, 
he had to keep that secret. No one else knew, and even the cast and crew didn't know until the premiere when they watched oh, it on the big that's screen. That's amazing that they yeah. could do that. No way that happens now. No. No way that yeah. secret stays, Ugh. which is a shame because you can't really surprise anybody with no. anything. Because that was one of the great moments in watching a movie. Absolutely. Ever. And while we're talking about movies, the 50 best movies of all time. The list has been revealed, Eddie Pence. Really? This according to the Any critics. Any on there? This, no. Turns out, <laughs> Basketball didn't make it into the top 50. Battle Beyond the Stars didn't top it? Business Insider has ranked the best films of all time based on something called Metacritic, which is an aggregator for uh, reviews. So t- take it for what it's worth. These are the, the movie critics who have chosen what mm-hmm. the best films are. So I know you're going to be disappointed by number one because you think Citizen Kane is boring. I don't. But it is number one again. But I, I thought I the rest of the list was pretty interesting. You don't understand. You don't get it. It's awesome. Get it. Awesome. It's not awesome, but I it get it. It is awesome. <sighs> Top 10 greatest films of all time. Here's the list, okay? okay? Number okay. 10, City Lights. Oh, little Charlie Chaplin that. in there. It's a great film. 1931. Great number ending. 10. Number nine, Singing in the Rain. Yeah. The only musical in the top 10. And it is the quintessential movie musical. Yeah. It's, it really is ideal. A lot of Hitchcock in the top 10, believe it or not. Rear Window? Rear Window is on the list. We'll get to that in a minute. But Notorious kicks things off at number eight. Cary Grant, Ingrid Bergman, brilliant fucking movie. You know, we do this every Friday with the video vault, giving you suggestions of things to watch. Listen to this list, and maybe there's some on here you haven't Mm -hmm. seen. This is pretty much like cinema one-on-one. These are all movies you should see at some time. Another Hitchcock movie, Vertigo, with Jimmy Stewart at number seven. That is also yeah, great outstanding. Um, one of the more recent films in the top ten is Three Colors Red. This is a Polish film about a part-time model who meets a retired judge who lives in her neighborhood after she runs over his dog. Ooh. That is sixth on the list. That's sixth? Yes, of the all-time great movies. Wow. Makes I've me want to see heard it. of that movie. I have never until I read this list huh. myself. Number five is Boyhood. The Boyhood. Richard Linklater film where they shot the kid growing up in real oh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't agree. That's just because it's probably an achievement in cinematic I guess. movie making. I found that a little tough to get through quite I didn't. Quickly. I never saw it. Number four, one of my favorites, Casablanca. Always in the top five. One of the greats. Is that boring too, Eddie? It's okay. It's oh, fun. sweet Jesus. It's a fun movie. Keep though. me <laughs> from murdering him. <laughs> She's moved. Oh, great. She's not my top five. Please allow me not not to kill the vice host and go to jail Uh. for murder. Thank you, She's (laughs) Moo. I can get through it. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is one of the great films of all time. Okay, what's next? Doesn't take much to realize the problems of three little people don't amount to hella beans in this world. Come on. Okay, it's it's okay. Battling the Nazis. I, yeah, I like that part. In fuck Nazis. In the mid in the midst of the war. I know. White you House. White House. You, you didn't Casablanca. even know. You didn't even know if we were going to win when you were watching that movie the first time. <laughs> Literally, people were going in there watching, saying, "Are we going to lose these Nazis? Or are we going to beat them? We don't know. Let's watch this movie. That's about <laughs> it. That's about it. That's about it. This is about it. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Number three, Rear Window, as you mentioned. That's a near-perfect movie. It is pretty goddamn spectacular is number three. Number two, The Godfather. Yes, please. At number two. And then in number one, as I mentioned, Citizen Kane. All excellent choices. If you haven't seen any of those, do yourself a favor and uh, check them out. Here's looking at you, kid. (laughs) We'll always have Paris. If you don't get on that plane, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon for the rest of your life. 
It's almost a comedy at this point. It's not a comedy. <laughs> it's almost a it's comedy. It's the most romantic film ever. I know, ever. but you watch it and it, it's it, the style it was shot in, the way the acting was, it's almost a oh, comedy. Oh, sweet heavens <laughs> above. <laughs> it's almost a comedy at this point. I am showing so much it restraint right now. <laughs> it walks the line between comedy and I'm not and drama. going to wrap your scrotum around your neck and choke you to death with it. <sighs> Play it, Sam. She, she could hear it. I can hear it. Oh, so good. It's funny. Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. It's funny. It's not funny. It's awesome. It's got bromance in there. It's got romance. It's got not standing up to the Nazis doing the right thing. It's got freedom fighters. I guess. You don't, you don't I guess. guess. You don't I know. Suppose. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays before I got to <laughs> cut a bitch. On this day, May 26th, all these stars were born, including Jeannie Francis, Laura herself of Luke and Laura fame from General Hospital. She's 58 years old today. South Park co-creator and star of Basketball, Matt Stone, is 49 years old. Singer Lauren Hill is 45 today. I heard he sang a good song. I heard he had a style. And so I came to see him and listen for a while. That's a voice right there. Sportscaster Brent Musburger is 81 years oh, old. He's man. still around. A voice of my youth when it came to sports. For sure. Drummer Gary Peterson of the Guess Who is 75. Actress Pam Greer is 71. Oh, how great is she's she? She's 71. Yeah. I didn't know she's little. She's ageless. Singer Stevie Nicks is 72. Of course, an amazing career with Fleetwood Mac, but also as a solo artist. Just like the wild wing dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. Actor Doug Hutchinson from The Green Mile is 60. He was a pretty good actor at one point. And then he married that teenager. And oh, things yeah. got weird. Mm -hmm. He married some 15-year-old or something yeah. with her mother's permission. Damn it. That Courtney Stodden. Yeah, I remember oh, that. Oh, man. That went off the rails. Actor Philip Michael Thomas. Tubbs. 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 From Miami Vice is 71. And he's also the uh, spokesperson for saving your money when you're on a hit TV series. Because oh. he did not. Poor guy. Kids, if you ever get a hit series, treat it like it's not going to last forever no. and put that money aside. No. Actor Joseph Fiennes from Shakespeare in Love and Handmaid's Tale. He is 50 years old. Comedian Bob Goldthwaite. Bobcat Goldthwaite. Is 58 years old. Singer Lenny Kravitz turns 56. But what I really want to know is, I used to go my way, and I got to, got to know it. Actress Helena Bonham Carter is 54. She's nuts, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's got to be. I mean, nuts. That whole crew's nuts. Yeah. 
She uh, Johnny Depp, Ellen Bottom Corner. Yeah, all the all the Burton. Tim Burton. They're all they're all nuts. The Burton crowd. They're a bunch of loons. And drummer Philip Rhodes of the Gin Blossoms is fifty-two. Anywhere you go, I'll follow you too. Any place but those I know by heart. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. Well, as we mentioned, theme parks are starting to open up around the world. Is it safe to go to these places? Well, we asked our expert, Banks Lee, frequent guest on the show. He's a reporter for AttractionsMagazine.com. He has been to some of these places firsthand. Here's my chat with Banks. Banks Lee from Attractions Magazine, thanks for talking to us today, buddy. Uh, over the Memorial Day weekend, of course, it was obvious a lot of people just deciding to get back to normal. And that means theme parks, too. Down there in Florida, where you are, we've got a couple more opening up, right? Yeah, uh, we're starting to see a lot more uh, places uh, opening up, especially local, smaller attractions. But the big guns, specifically Universal Orlando and Legoland Florida, are going to be doing reopenings on June 1st and June 5th with a whole bunch of safety precautions and regulations in place that have been approved both by local government and by the governor of Florida. So there's there's really a lot, so much to talk about. I can't list it all here. I, I suggest everyone go to attractionsmagazine.com to see the full list, but it's all the usual suspects, temperature screenings, face masks being required, although Legoland is not requiring them. They're only recommending them, mm. which is interesting to, to note, especially for it being a family park. Yeah. Um, of course, social distancing, like I said, in the queues, there's going to be sanitation, uh, ways that they're going to set up the tables and all the restaurants limiting how many guests can even come to the park i know legoland is going to operate at 50 percent capacity so they're they're definitely going hard on what they're going to allow for guests to be able to see and do once they are reopening now you mentioned temperature screening how does that work exactly um, so this is something that is already in place at uh, Universal's CityWalk and at Disney Springs. When you arrive, uh, and I've seen this firsthand now, you walk up to several lines that they have where they have markers to tell you where to stand to keep six feet apart. And when you walk up to the cast member or the team member, they have one of those temperature ray guns. All they do is just hold it in front of your forehead for two to three seconds gives you their temperature, and if you're under 100.4, you're clear to go. If you're over 100.4, they ask you to step aside and step into a tent to cool off just in case it may be you're hot from the summer heat, and then you get a second go. And if you're still over 100.4, you and your entire party are not allowed in the premises. Wow. Now, you mentioned Disney Springs. That's the shopping area down there in Orlando, and mm -hmm. you checked it out yourself, right? I did. I, I went there for about 30 minutes one day. Um, there was a, there's a restaurant there that we adore and we wanted to grab a sandwich. And I just wanted to kind of check it out personally uh, uh, as a as a newsman. So I, I walked out there uh, and it was very, very well done. It was not crowded. It wasn't it wasn't like everyone jumping in all at once to go. It was very spacious. Everyone was wearing masks, being very respective and their distancing. Signs clearly stating where to stand in line at the restaurants and outside of the stores in case the capacity reached the uh, minimum. 
And I was very impressed by the way that, that Disney has been handling it. And it gives me some good vibes of how they may do that once they open their theme parks. Were there a lot of people wearing masks? At Disney Springs, yes. Um, I don't think I saw a single person at Disney Springs not wearing a mask, which surprised me. Yeah, me too. I will say, though, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I went to a local water park that also reopened with a bunch of strict guidelines uh, called Island H2O Live. It's right by my house. And I got there and I left after 10 minutes because I was a bit horrified at what I saw. Um, They have... They were doing the damnedest they could to keep the regulations going, but the guests were just not listening, not wearing masks, not standing six feet apart in lines for the food and the shops. It was it, it was a nightmare. Uh, so I, I it's I, I hope that they kind of get better at enforcing because uh, I know there's just a small small water park and maybe it was a Memorial Day crowd situation, but it, it didn't give me good hope for for water parks. Well, it's the people, you know, organizations and uh, businesses can put all the regulations in place that they want, but it comes down to the people respecting each other and and working together to try to keep everyone safer. And if people don't adhere to it, there's not much they can do, I guess. Exactly. And, you know, a small park like Island Nature Alive, that's just a local's water park, isn't going to be as probably strict with their guests as a giant company like Disney Universal will. Speaking of Disney and Universal, what are the plans for the the big opening down there uh, for Disney World? Have you heard anything? We haven't heard anything yet. We know that they are planning to submit their um, guidelines to the governor uh, probably this week, if not early next week. We still don't know an official date for when Disney is going to reopen. Them and SeaWorld are are the last two of the major parks here in Orlando to submit any sort of plans uh, because everything has to be approved, like I said earlier, by local and state governments. So at this point, it's just kind of a waiting game to see. I'm sure they're also maybe going to check out and see how Universal does when they reopen and see if there's anything they can do to go off what they're doing at their park. Right. I guess at this point, it's all trial and error and everyone's looking at everyone else to see what's effective and what's not. And exactly. And I guess we won't really know until we start, you know, measuring um, how many cases are, uh, you know, if there's a spike after these reopenings and then we'll know whether this stuff is effective or not. Right. Exactly. I, 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 I think that for, for those who want to get to the theme parks, I understand completely how much we all miss going to the theme parks, especially people like me and, and my family. We love the theme parks. This is our life. But if you don't need to go, stay home. Just There's there's no reason to crowd the parks just because they're reopening. If you're a, a family on the other side of the country wanting to plan a vacation, hold off to later this year. Let them kind of get used to these new procedures. Let the locals be able to test them out first and then – when it gets more comfortable and the cases start dropping, then we could probably let more and more people in. But I, I would just suggest to stay home unless you absolutely have to go. Great advice, Banks. Thanks again for spending some time with us. Of course, uh, folks can check out your work and everyone there at Attractions Magazine at attractionsmagazine.com. All right, buddy. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Ralph. That's some good advice there. Let the locals test it out first and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. No, go ahead. You go. Yeah, let, let me know how it is. People who are dying to go swim at a water park. Yeah. Oof. Just let us know how that works in out. In the best for of times, it. a water park is an iffy proposition. Let them be the canary in the coal mine, <laughs> and then we'll decide after that. All right. It is time now, as we do every Tuesday, to take a look at a legendary TV theme song and do a deep dive 
on TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph Report. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, you do. This TV show is a legendary American sitcom that was on ABC from 1970 to 1975. Really, just one of my favorites. Uh, it was nominated for Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Comedy Series three of its five years. The actors who starred in it each won Emmys as well for their performances. It really is a classic. It was actually based on a very popular Broadway show, which then became a smash hit movie in the late 1960s. And then Gary Marshall, who is probably best known for his work on shows like Happy Days and also Mork and Mindy, and then became a movie director uh, with Pretty Women and films like that. He was actually uh, the guy who developed this for television. It was his first project for ABC, but certainly not his last. We got a call from Kevin asking for this one. Hey, Ralph. Yo ho, Eddie. This is Kevin from Thousand Oaks with TV Tunes Tuesday. I think it's time for a little odd couple. Classic play, classic TV show, classic theme. Let's get out that umbrella, dab that cigar butt. This is some classic tunes. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thanks so much, Kevin. The odd couple. I don't think we've done it. No. I don't think we have no, either. And it so. is one of the legendary yeah. theme songs slash intros from television. Yes, it is. I watched the reruns of that thing religiously. Well, I thought it was so funny. The performances are just... Jack Klugman won two Emmys for his performance as Oscar Madison. Tony Randall also won one as Felix. And um, they were just so good together. As we mentioned, it was a smash hit Broadway play in 1965, written famously, of course, by Neil Simon. And then the movie in 1968 starred famously Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau yeah. as the odd And that's a, those are big shoes to fill. It's Going pretty in. ballsy to take that comic pairing and say, maybe we can adapt it for television and make it work. Right. And those guys made the roles their yeah. own. When you think of The Odd Couple now, I think of Tony Randall you, and Jack you Klugman. You almost do, you. More than, um, and, uh, Tony Randall and Jack Klugman more than I do Jack Lemmon and yeah. uh, Water Mathow. Anyway, the theme song was awesome. The intro kind of set the whole thing up for you so you understood exactly what was happening. It was one of those kind but the jazzy theme song is something everybody remembers. Here it is, the intro to The Odd Couple. On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. Deep down, he knew she was right, but he also knew that someday he would return to her. With nowhere else to go, he appeared at the home of his friend, Oscar Madison. Several years earlier, Madison's wife had thrown him out, requesting that he never return. Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy?
this is kind of a cheat today because that theme song originally was from the motion picture. Hmm. The Jack Lemmon, Water Mathel film, The Odd Couple, and also the uh, sequel that they did some, I don't know, 20 or 30 years later. But we're going to let it stand because it is absolutely one of the great yeah. TV theme songs of all time. Written by the great Neil Hefty. Neil was a legendary jazz composer and arranger, worked with such big wigs as uh, Count Basie Orchestra and Sinatra. He also wrote a little uh, another TV theme song, a little something called Batman, bitches. <laughs> this guy knew what he was doing. It is one of the classic TV theme songs of all time. However, not a lot of people know that song actually has lyrics. It does. Yes, the rarely heard singing version of The Odd Couple. The lyrics were written by Sammy Kahn, legendary songwriter, of course. Um, however, I don't think it's his best work. In fact, it almost sounds like Paul McCartney wrote the lyrics to this late in his career. Mm -hmm. It's pretty shitty, <laughs> but I thought you might want to listen Monday to Fun it. Day? It's, it's kind of Monday fun day. It's got a lot of that vibe to it. Here is the Odd Cup, a little of the Odd Couple theme with the uh, seldom hear, heard lyrics. No matter where they go, they are known as the couple. They're never seen alone, so they're known as a couple. As I've indicated, they are never quite separated. They are reason apart, don't you think that it's odd? Oh my god. They're peas in a pod. Don't you think that it's it odd? It sounds like they were making it up as they were going it along. Does. It's It sounds like one of your stone friends sitting on the couch and you're watching The Odd Couple and he just starts singing random lyrics. <laughs> they're and a couple. And never are alone. Isn't crazy they're a couple. Yeah. That's why you've never heard the lyrics to The Odd Couple theme song before. Oh. Kevin, thank you so much for the suggestion. It is a classic. And as Eddie says, I don't believe we've done it before. But if we did, I'm sure we'll hear about it that oh, yeah. was tv tunes tuesday here we go you know what day it is it's tv tunes tuesday on today's ralph report oh i like that one yeah <laughs> all right boys and girls that's it for today's show thank you so much for joining us it was a blast let's do it again tomorrow what do you say don't miss tomorrow's show. It's going to be great because we have got an interview with a gentleman named Bryant. And, you know, from time to time, back in the good old days, I used to do people with interesting jobs and I just yeah. interview them about that. So this is one of the most interesting jobs we've ever featured on this show. He, for 18 years, was a butler at the Playboy Mansion. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were talking about that last week. We've talked about the mansion. We've talked about Hefner. This guy was there in the middle of all the action. Wow. For 18 years, he worked up there at the mansion through all the parties, through all the gatherings. He knows everything there is to know about the yeah. mansion. So literally going, if these walls could talk, well, he is that he wall. He is, and it's a fascinating <laughs> conversation. I really enjoyed talking to him, and I'm, I'll tease you with the fact I thought – yeah, everybody who works there has to sign an NDA, yeah. as you can imagine. Yeah, I would they imagine. don't want you telling tales out of school. Yeah. He was kind enough to actually name names about one of the most bizarre things he's ever seen. Really? In yeah. So Ooh. if that ain't enough to make you wow. want, come back and listen to the show tomorrow, I don't know what to tell you. All right, boys and girls, take care of each other. Look, be kind to each other, all right? Going back to the start of today's show, 
Everybody be nice to each other. More importantly, stay the fuck at home. Wash your hands. Look out for the Praise Shizmu, and most of all, stay good in the hood. Stay good in the hood. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. Meanwhile, I love you. Mean it. Bye. 